This is One in 59, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. One in 59 is a weekly show devoted to topics related to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to One in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And this morning, I'm speaking with Dr. James Adams, who is a professor and autism researcher at Arizona State University. Dr. Adams, good morning and thanks for being on the show. Good morning and thanks for having me. uh, I appreciate you taking the time to to join us today because um, you are leading the Autism Asperger's Research Group at ASU. And I know that you've been recently Recently, uh, some research of yours has recently been published having to do with uh, how autism, some symptoms of autism spectrum disorder could be linked to bacteria in the gut, which uh, I was telling you off air comes up very frequently within the community. I think I've been you know, sort of hearing it from parents and pediatricians and reading about it since I got into the field about 13 years ago, and I'm sure it goes back before that. So maybe you could start with just a little background about yourself and what you do at ASU and then uh, tell us about this uh, this research. Sure. Um, I'm the parent of a daughter with autism. Uh, she's 27 years old. Uh, after she was diagnosed and then I realized there was very little research on the causes of autism and how to treat it. So I started uh, doing autism research at Arizona State University and now that's the focus of all my research efforts. Uh, we've worked on many different studies. Um, one of the issues we looked at early on was gut problems in children with autism because they're much more common uh, in children and adults with autism than in the general population, typically chronic constipation and or uh, chronic diarrhea um, and a lot of discomfort and pain that goes along with that. And we did a study in 2011 that showed that children with more GI problems also had worse autism symptoms. And so the question is, if we can treat those GI problems, can we reduce those autism symptoms? And so um, we began looking at gut bacteria in children with autism. Normal person has about a thousand different species of gut bacteria, and they help with many things, with digesting food, with making key vitamins, with balancing the immune system, fighting off bad bacteria. We found that kids with autism were missing uh, several hundred species of gut bacteria compared to typical children. And so, therefore, we went ahead and did a study with a special treatment called microbiota transplant. The reason we did that is there had been previous studies for a condition called C. difficile, which is a life-threatening explosive diarrhea, and it affects half a million people in the U.S., kills 29,000 people a year. Wow. It was found was found that one dose of stool from a healthy person put into a sick person with C. diff cures them within two to three days, 90% of the time. They go from a life-threatening illness to being cured within two to three days, 90% cure rate, uh, very safe. So it's, it's miraculous. Mm. Um, and so we decided to look into that for autism. There was a gastroenterologist in Australia who had treated nine children with autism with a very intensive therapy. He's done 5,000 fecal transplants for many conditions. He found that kids with autism were much, much harder to treat than C. diff patients. So instead of one dose, he treated them every day for three months. And slowly, gradually, their gut symptoms got better. And he was surprised to hear from the parents that their autism symptoms got better. So in the U.S., um, the FDA has classified microbiota transplant as a drug, and therefore we uh, 
received FDA approval to do an investigational study to treat gut problems in 18 children with autism with microbiota transplant. We used a special approach where we pre-treated with vancomycin, an antibiotic that had previously been shown to temporarily help GI problems with autism, and then a bowel cleanse to flush out any remaining gut bacteria, and then a, um, a microbiota transplant every day for eight weeks. And slowly, gradually, GI symptoms improved. After about five weeks, most of the improvement had occurred. By the end of treatment, 90% of the kids had responded. There was overall an 80% reduction in GI problems, so great improvement, mm -hmm. and about a 25% reduction of autism symptoms. And then we waited eight weeks to see if the changes were stable after we stopped treatment, and sure enough, those changes were stable eight weeks later. So we thought we were done. We published a paper. We thought we were in good shape. Then a year later, Aaron came up to me and said, my son's doing better than autism, better than ever. I said, that's great. Then a second parent and a third parent came up and said the same thing. So we decided to do a follow-up study, very unusual. We did a follow-up with every family in our study two years later. And what we found is most of the GI benefits had continued, but family after family reported just a slow, steady, gradual improvement in their child's autism symptoms. And our professional evaluator estimated there was about a 47% reduction in autism symptoms. Again, this is an open-label study, so there's some placebo effect, but um, much of that effect seems to be real. And also we saw that gut bacteria uh, had normalized after treatment, and two years later was even better uh, than normal. So it seems very promising, seems like a, a very positive treatment. And so based on that, we're now doing a, a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled study in adults. We received a large grant from the government to fund that study. Okay. So the, I, I have many questions. I hope that's okay. Thank you for the, the overview. That's um, fascinating. I guess to start with, um, just for our listeners' sake, because I read a little bit more online to prepare for the interview, so I have a little bit more information. But for our listeners, can you just quickly review what this transplant, what it is, um, because you could just, based on the, the language you're using, you could come to many conclusions about what that entails for, for each individual child and now the adults in the study. Can you explain how the, the transplanted bacteria is introduced into the person in the study? Yeah. So with C. diff patients, they can use just raw stool uh, and usually put it in an enema squeeze it up into someone's bottom, and that seems to be enough to cure them 90% of the time. What we do is we worked with the University of Minnesota to create a highly purified product. Half of human stool is bacteria. We purify it extensively, so it's 99% just the gut bacteria, removing almost all the waste material. Mm -hmm. And then we freeze dry it to make it very stable. And then we, uh, for the child study, we put it into a liquid form. It's virtually odorless and tasteless, and then um, the children just drank it uh, down um, as part of the study. Uh, they took a stomach acid suppressant because otherwise the stomach acid would have killed their uh, killed the gut bacteria we're introducing, mm -hmm. but it's basically just like a, a probiotic um, in liquid form. 
Okay. And yeah, are, are you, it just worked very well. Are you doing the same thing for the adults in the current study? In the adults, we now have a capsule form that's available, so we don't have to use a stomach acid suppressant. Okay. Capsules protect it through the stomach to get it to the small intestine. Okay. So thank you. I just I thought that was worth clarifying so people understand, you know, sort of the the actual process and procedures that the the children and adults are going through. So that it's important to mention too if I may sure. that it is very important to very carefully screen the donors. Mm-hmm. And so we screen out 90 or 90% of the general population. So just like the American Red Cross screens for blood donors, we do that and a lot more to test for any possible infections or possible problems. Yes, I can imagine. And that is all part of the work that your team does, or is that in collaboration, like you said, with the, um, the, the initial study with the children you collaborated with the University of Minnesota? So is there a different group that's responsible for the, for the screening of donors? Yeah, so the University of Minnesota, in collaboration with Finch uh, Therapeutics, um, a group that spun off partly from them, does all the donor screening and preparation of the microbiota material, and we do the actual treatment and research studies. Okay. All right. Thank you for that. So then I want to move. I have a question also about the the feedback you started receiving, which prompted you to do the long-term follow-up two years later. You had said that, um, you said two things. I just want to clarify. So so the children in the study got that eight-week dose, and then there was an eight-week follow-up where you saw signs of improvement um, on, on both sides, the autism symptoms and, and the GI symptoms. Um, and then the folks coming up to you much later, like a year later, saying that they continue to see improvement. Was that all based on, on those those initial eight weeks of dosages? There was no further treatment provided? That's right. We mm. just did the initial two weeks of antibiotics, the one-day bowel cleanse, the eight weeks of treatment. No treatment after that, mm-hmm. um, and yet still we saw a very good improvement. Now, we're still learning about optimizing dosing and duration, so maybe even a higher dose, longer duration might have helped even more, mm-hmm. might have seen even more benefit. It's kind of like when aspirin is first developed. Do you give a, give a quarter of an aspirin for a headache? Do you give 10 aspirin? How much do you give? Right. So we're in the early stages of microbiota transplant, so all we can say is the dose we used work well and was very safe, um, and we are now considering higher dosages to see if we can hope for even more benefit. And there may be a need for boosters down the road. Mm -hmm. Uh, A few people did lose benefit, but most had very good improvements two years later. Interesting. Were these were these children primarily um, involved in the study? Were they had they been struggling with GI issues for the, the majority of their lives thus far? Yeah, we required that they have GI problems for at least a year, but these children had all had GI problems since infancy. Okay. Um, it was very striking. Yeah. Okay. All right. Wow. Uh, did you use a specific scale to measure what you're calling autism symptoms among among the families? I'm assuming it was family report that they where they they completed something saying that things had improved or not changed or or gotten worse. Families do fill out a report, but we actually used we had a professional evaluator use what's called the childhood autism rating scale, which sure. is the most commonly used scale for any research study. And uh, by having a professional talk with the families and talk with the child and observe them, 
then they're able to develop a, a rating. All right. That, I think that's an important question that's, that often comes up, is, is um, especially when you said with this first round of study where there could have been some placebo effect, although I know you noted that that, that was likely small. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and then I want to hear more about the uh, the upcoming study or the, the one with adults and, and some of the other questions that I still have. But this is fascinating. So thank you, Dr. James uh, Adams from the University of Arizona. We are, we'll be right back with more 1 in 59. Although some people with autism have difficulty vocalizing their feelings, here at Anderson Center for Autism, their smiles speak volumes. Whether students are developing job skills, learning to communicate, volunteering in the community, expressing themselves through art and music, or building friendships, there are moments every day here when breakthroughs are made and joy is palpable. Do you want to generate more smiles for the one you love with autism? Learn more online at andersoncenterforautism.org. That's andersoncenterforautism.org. Welcome back to 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and I'm speaking this morning with Dr. Uh, James Adams from the uh, University of Arizona, where he is a professor and leads the Autism Asperger's Research Group. Dr. Adams, the first half of the show, you, you gave a great overview of the first study that you and your team did uh, with collaboration with some other institutions around uh, working with children with significant uh, significant GI issues as well as autism, seeing notable improvement, which is exciting. Um, I'd love for you to talk a little bit more now about what's coming next, which is, I think you mentioned a study with adults and kind of based on the fact that you saw some really positive outcomes with the first study. Right. So based on the positive results of our child study, which is what we call a phase one study, we're now doing a phase two study with adults. It's a much larger study will eventually enroll 84 adults with autism. It'll be a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled study. But after the placebo phase, the placebo group will also be switched to the real treatment. We've already enrolled and treated 18 adults, and we're in the process of um, enrolling and uh, treating more. So that study is going very well. We're very positive about it. We're very grateful to some families who've helped us raise some extra money uh, that we needed to complete the study. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, many families, over a thousand families, have asked us to do a child study, uh, another child study, and so uh, we're looking into fundraising for that. And probably in a week or two, we um, uh, hope to announce a fundraising campaign to raise money for another child study. Okay, so so word is spreading. We we talked off the air about the fact that you were starting to get requests, and 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 word must be spreading amongst the autism community of families and individuals on the spectrum and providers that you're you're uh, you're doing this type of work. Going back to the the, the adult study, um, let me just ask you this. Um, I'm sure there's a there's a very simple reason that I'm just not aware of. Why, what is the purpose of moving from a study involving children to a study involving adults? And, and I do understand the difference between the double-blind and the placebo-controlled, which is important. But but why adults? Are you just looking to, to see similar results in, in a uh, fully developed individual as opposed to a developing child? Well, our first study included children ages 7 to 16, and the benefits seem to be pretty independent of age, suggesting that younger and older people might benefit. And in talking with adults, many of them have had GI problems for years or even decades. Very, very hard to treat in most cases. And an advantage of working with adults is that they can better describe their feelings, better describe 
um, what is happening to them. And so we gain a little bit of extra information from there. But our goal is to do a study for both children and for adults. We just happen to receive the funding for the adult study first. But we very much want to do both. Okay. So so let me ask you this then. Because autism is, is a spectrum disorder, right? So, And, and you obviously are, are well aware of this. You're a parent, but also you're leading the autism slash Asperger's research group. Um, are you working with or identifying specifically people on the spectrum who are more on the Asperger's end of the spectrum? Or, or do you see benefit or have you seen benefit on a range of individuals who are also severely affected by autism, possibly behaviorally? Uh, and also regarding social uh, social communication and things like that. So, is there a particular area of the autism spectrum where you're focusing your research right now? Um, in our child study, the FDA required us to limit it to children who could at least consent to a simple phrase like "I'm willing to take medicine to help my tummy get better." Okay. So they had to at least have that level of um, cognition and communication ability. But now we're in an adult study, now that we have more experience and we've seen that it's very safe, we're taking everyone from very severe autism to people with high-functioning Asperger's. So we're broad in our approach. The treatment seems to benefit groups independent of severity of autism. It seems to especially help with social interaction. seems to help with anxiety and certainly with the core symptoms of autism, uh, language, uh, behavioral problems, etc. So, well, that, I, I appreciate that, and that's very important uh, also to to a lot of uh, folks affiliated, you know, for myself working at Anderson Center for Autism. We serve a population of people who are severely challenged by autism, and what we often hear from families and also just see in our community is not all the time, but, but there are definitely often enough research being done or you know, papers being published or, um, or even, you know, just a, a focus even in communities on uh, working only with children and adults with, uh, with a higher functioning, on the higher functioning end of the spectrum of, of autism. And so it's, it's good to hear that you are broad, like you said, in your approach, because, you know, I, I don't know, I'm not going to comment on, on my personal, you know, thoughts on this, but the research that you're doing seems very interesting. And again, I've heard this from families for years, um, that there is, um, in their minds, a, a connection between the gut issues as well, you know, to the, to the, to the symptoms and the manifestation of autism. Another question, and it, and sorry, go ahead. And a quality of life issue, too, yes, that, yes. you know, many of these, so many of these people have been in, you know, substantial pain, substantial discomfort, or great anxiety, not knowing when the next one to have a, a case of diarrhea, you know, wearing diapers until they're age 16, mm-hmm. it just causes a lot of um, problems, a lot of pain and discomfort, you know, if you've been constipated and haven't been able to poop for seven days. So just fixing those problems alone really yields a big improvement in quality of life. And if you're feeling better, then it seems at least part of the reason for the benefit is if you don't have that pain and discomfort, you're going to be less irritable. You're going to be in a better mood for learning. And so we just saw slowly and gradually people were beginning to catch up to their peers and make improvements across the board. Okay. I'm so glad you said that because that was kind of going to be my next question. And I think that this is an area that gets 
I'm guessing a lot of opinion. So, so the, I totally agree. Um, I from you know about what you said, G- GI issues from anybody that I've known, whether on the spectrum or not on the spectrum, are one of those things where when they're when they're not when you're not feeling good, it's really horrendous and it's impossible for it really not to affect the rest of your behavior, your general demeanor. You know, it, it's it can be very devastating. And then when you are feeling better, it often is like an unbelievable sense of relief and, and relaxation, um, almost euphoric. I've seen it sometimes. So, so do people talk to you, or do, or is this part of your your team discussions? Where are you looking at the possibility that that people are purely just feeling better physically? And is there a difference between the, the possible repercussions of feeling better physically versus what you might say a reduction in autism or behavioral symptoms? Like, are the two the same? Or do you have to work very hard to separate a, a correlation versus causation, if that's the right terminology? You know, because I would think that at some point somebody may say, well, maybe maybe my child really just had GI issues and is much less severely on the autism spectrum than I've, than I've been told in years past. I don't know if I'm making sense to you, but I feel like there's a very fine line between those two, those two potential uh, outcomes. Yeah. So there are probably many mechanisms by which improving gut bacteria help. Certainly reducing um, chronic constipation, chronic diarrhea, and reducing that pain and discomfort, that's certainly a part of it um, and an important part. Uh, But also your normal gut bacteria make uh, certain key vitamins, and we found from a vitamin mineral study that um, one of those, in particular biotin, was very important. Um, and so making key vitamins is also an important role. Um, but also several other studies have shown that certain pathogens in the gut, like Rosturia, are also producing toxins. Uh, what I didn't mention is that right at the start of treatment, when we use the vancomycin, the antibiotic, to kill off the bad bacteria, is a temporary worsening general of hyperactivity or irritability for a day or a few days and then they get better. That is, those bacteria that are, we believe what's happening is that as those bacteria are being killed off, then they release their toxins all at once, the toxins that were causing those problems, and then those bacteria are dead and gone, and the toxins are gone, and the people are getting better. Hmm. And so we think that's a big clue that we see this die-off reaction in the people of worst of those symptoms to begin with. Hence, probably more of that bacteria to cause more of that die-off reaction. So we think that irritability and um, hyperactivity, at least, and perhaps other symptoms are due to uh, toxins produced by uh, the gut bacteria. Also, your gut bacteria make a a number of um, neurotransmitters, and those can also affect the brain. So then there's also the interaction with the immune system. If you have bad gut bacteria, then you're likely to have some inflammation in your gut, what we call increased intestinal permeability or leaky gut. So partly digested food from your gut leaks into the body and the immune system reacts to that. And so there may be an immune system reaction uh, component as well. So there are many possible mechanisms and we're researching actively to try to figure out which or probably all of them are important to some extent. Well, thank you for that, that deeper explanation. I appreciate that. Um, we only have about a minute left. I'm, I'm curious if there's a place, a website, maybe where our listeners could go if they wanted more information about your work or to read some of the actual published uh, research. Yeah, if they go to our website, uh, autism, 
www.asu.edu. We have links to our papers there, a couple of videos to explain things, and then also more information about our, our current adult study and if people want to sign up to be contacted in future about our child study. Great, and I'm sure that's also where uh, you'll be posting some information soon about um, the campaign you mentioned to raise funds for the next uh, children's study. So again, that's autism autism.asu.edu. Is that what you said? That's right. Okay. So Dr. Uh, Dr. Adams from uh, Arizona State University, I really appreciate all the information today that you shared. I think it's um, something that a lot of people are going to want to follow and, um, and hear more about as you come to some outcomes and conclusions with the upcoming adult study as well as the uh, next children's study. So I wish you the best of luck, and I hope that you continue to, to see uh, positive outcomes for individuals and families. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for being on the show. This is Eliza Bozenski from 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. And remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to 1 in 59, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at the same time next week. 